Hi, and welcome back to Conversations with Chrissy. I'm Chrissy Neiser, MBA Administrator and Governor Moore's Highway Safety Representative. Excited about the timely conversation we have. Uh, July 1's important milestone in Maryland, and I'm here with Don Berkowitz, the Deputy Director of the Cannabis Administration. Thanks for joining me today. Thanks so much for having me, Chrissy. So really excited to start talking about the topic, but first I'd love to hear a little bit about your background and what brought you here. Uh, thanks so much. So I have been uh, with now the Maryland Cannabis Administration. We were the Maryland Medical Cannabis Commission uh, since September 2021. So coming up on two years, I spent my career with the Maryland Department of Health um, since the very late 90s uh, with the Master Settlement Agreement with the tobacco industry, uh, working with tobacco control and tobacco use prevention. I was the director for the Center for Tobacco Prevention and Control there. And as we saw on the horizon that cannabis was likely to be legalized, uh, I, I was encouraged to come over here and um, just a, a really an opportunity to do a lot of the same things mm -hmm. that I've done in the state with tobacco use prevention policy um, and looking at cannabis. So I came over as we were the Maryland Medical Cannabis Commission and looking at how we can expand and start public health efforts here, especially with an eye towards legalization, which we now know is literally right around the corner. It certainly is. Well, yeah, I can see how that background is really helpful and you'll be able to draw on those experiences as we move towards full recreational legalization. So thanks for sharing with us. Um, as we mentioned, July 1 is coming up. It'll be here before we know it. And cannabis will be legal for recreational use in Maryland. You know, terminology seems to be a challenge as we talk about it. There's all these different words out there. And I worry that the general public's just not clear on what they all mean. I wonder if you could walk us through some of the terminology so we can help understand. Yeah, a, a couple of things to unpack there, actually. So we, we talked about cannabis and that I think um, is becoming a more known and, and more used term. Um, but when we talk about marijuana, we thought all, all the same thing. Uh, the legislation does refer to it as cannabis and we're talking about any part of the, the cannabis plant <clears throat> um, connotes cannabis. The other thing is We've been very intentional, and I know the legislature was very intentional to start using the term adult use versus recreational. Uh, we know this is something that has been a medicinal product in the state, and um, it is now legal, and, and we'll talk about this, I'm sure, for those 21 and older. So it's adult use of a product versus just legal recreational use. No, it's an important point. And also it needs to be purchased from a licensed dispensary, right? That's really important for the general public to understand. Yes, ab absolutely. And and that was um, a lot of the sentiment but behind the legislation is that this would um, hopefully bring cannabis off the illicit market and have people 21 and older buy it from a regulated, tested, licensed dispensary in Maryland. And obviously with the unregulated market, you worry about what you're really purchasing. And so that's why purchasing from those licensed dispensers is so important. I assume the public will need to have some sort of ID in order to purchase to make sure they are legal to do yes, so. Yes, absolutely. So it, it's a it's a tightly regulated um, product and, and industry in Maryland. Um, as of now, the medical dispensaries are the only dispensaries that will be licensed to sell adult use as of July 1. 
And we test and regulate the product from, from the time the canvas plant is about four inches tall. Mm. It gets uh, tagged with an infrared scannable mm. tag and it goes from the, the grower to the processor to the dispensary. It's tracked all along the way and there's lab testing at each stage um, from the plant and the, and the process product. So it, it's very important um, that it's regulated, tested, just sold in, in our licensed dispensaries. And yes, individuals are required to be at least 21 years old with a government issued ID and all dispensaries will be checking that. Good to know from a safety standpoint that tracking is so critical. Um, and there is a limit on how much you can purchase and possess, is that right? Yeah, so the, the legal uh, possession amount, purchase and possession amount for adult, uh, for personal use mm -hmm. is an ounce and a half of flour or 12 grams of concentrate, and that's typically when we're talking about vapes, or 750 milligrams of THC, which is mostly for edible products. Uh, so consumers will be able to purchase up to those limits, and then that's also the legal possession limit. So again, that's what's seen as a personal use limit. Um, there are levels a little higher that there still could be civil citations for possession. And then if it gets really high, like over two and a half ounces, there are still potential criminal violations for that that's seen as possession with intent to distribute, not a personal use amount. Good to know. So you mentioned that cannabis and marijuana terminology is really the same, but to your point, hemp, THC, uh, CBD, there are all these terminology out there. Help us through that and what do each of those mean? Yeah, so so THC is the, the component in cannabis that gives that high feeling, so that psychoactive component. Um, and, and that is what has been tightly regulated. CBD and hemp, we're hearing that a lot more. The 2018 um, Hemp Act, the Farm Bill, legalized hemp on the federal level. Uh, so that was typically seen as kind of textiles, rope, clothing, materials, mm -hmm. but there are hemp products now that are intoxicating as well. So as, um, as part of the, this new law, July 1, anything that's intoxicating and hemp is 0.3%, if it's lower than 0.3% THC, it's seen as hemp, but anything that's intoxicating will need to be sold through the regulated market. Uh, CBD is another compound, all from the same cannabis plant, uh, but that is non-intoxicating, non-impairing. So people um, typically use that for relaxation or body aches and pains. Um, it's been described to me kind of as more like a body high versus a brain high. Mm -hmm. So it's not a psychoactive mm -hmm. effect. And so each of those components, are they regulated in the same way? You talked about how you track the plants to make sure that the levels are appropriate. And with all these different components, how do, it seems very complicated to track all that. It is complicated. Um, so for, for the regulated market, we're looking specifically at THC products and those psychoactive products. Mm -hmm. um, there have been CBD and hemp products that have been sold pretty broadly across the country. Mm -hmm since this has been legalized on the federal level. Um, but we track specifically those that are in the, the regulated market in Maryland. And as I said, as of July 1, anything intoxicating will need to come through yeah. and be sold through licensed dispensaries. So dispensaries. it sounds like you're going to be very busy. <laughs> yes, we have been very busy. Products. So uh, talk a little bit about the THC and you know, there may be some 
people who never experimented before as it comes legal on July 1, maybe people who are new um, to the product. What effect does it have and what should people be on the lookout for? Yeah, for sure. Uh, you know, we, we imagine that July 1, we will see um, new consumers or those who haven't consumed in a long time. And, and this was something that we really wanted to get a handle on. Uh, so we worked with the school pharmacy over the last few months and did focus groups with a target audience of individuals 21 and older in certain age categories, maybe 21 to 25, those more single, maybe 25 to 55, those with kids in the home, and then over 55, because we felt that these groups of adults may have different consumption patterns and different sure. reasons to consume. And we looked specifically specifically for individuals who were not current consumers, but were open to consuming once mm -hmm. July 1st hit. So either had never consumed or maybe said, oh, 20, 30 years ago, um, I used this, I liked it, now it's legal. Uh, and said, what do you know? What do you need to know? And, and what don't you know? So I, I think the, the biggest, um, potential concern is edibles and education around edibles. And we are working on um, having lots of materials at the point of sale for dispensaries come July 1. This is a little pocket guide, a prototype right now, um, a pocket guide for responsible cannabis consumption. And we have a lot of information in here, dosage guidelines for beginners. Mm -hmm. So whether it's flour, vapes, edibles, um, liquids and beverages will also mm. be on the market. You know, the dose, initial dose to start, how long typical onset is and, and the duration. So that's going to vary widely, not only by product, but also we have in here kind of a little map diagram of the body and, and how cannabis may affect you. So you think about if you have a drink, if you have five ounces of wine when you first wake up in the morning, that's probably going to affect you differently than with a full meal mm -hmm. at the end of the day and if you're rested or not. So so the same with cannabis. There are a lot of things that can affect how high you feel. Um, with edibles, we really are encouraging folks to start low and go slow. So two and a half milligrams is a good starting dose and really encouraging consumers to look at what the dosage is dosage is on the packet. So you might have two gummies that look identical. One might be two and a half milligrams, one might be 10 milligrams. Mm. So we say if it's 10 milligrams, cut it in quarters. If it's mm -hmm. five milligrams, cut it in half. Wait at least two or three hours and see how you feel. Some are rapid onset. You might, you might feel mm -hmm. those effects within 20, 30 minutes. Some it might not be two or three hours. So before you take mm. more weight, see how you feel, especially if you're inexperienced. Good to know. I guess it's just like food. It takes a little while to absorb yeah. in the system. Right. So if it's something that's being metabolized mm -hmm. versus just inhaled, exactly. um, it it could be definitely right delayed onset. Um, I, I think about labels with alcohol. So is that the kind of thing that you should look for in terms of the dosage? You know, see percentage of alcohol that might be in a drink that you're going to consume, and that's something you should take into consideration in the same way. Yeah, with yeah, these all, products. Yeah, all edible products will will be required and are required to have the the THC content and milligrams and okay. all that information on them. Great, as well as safety warnings and and child safety packaging. 
Yeah. So it's all about that education, I think, and making sure it's great that you're putting out the information and, and making sure people understand and take it slow, as you said. Okay. Um, so it may be legal, but there's still restrictions on where and how it can be used. Can you talk about a few of those so the public is aware? Yeah, absolutely. So though it is a product that, that is now legal for those 21 and above, um, as you said, Chrissy, there are restrictions. Um, Number one, though the federal government has allowed states to legalize this and, and um, regulate the product, it's still illegal on the federal level. So if you're on federal property, federal parks, you work for the federal government, this is not considered a, a legal product. Um, as well, the, the law says that you are allowed to purchase, possess, consume in the privacy of your own home. Uh, but there's no smoking allowed in public. And with other things like if we're talking about cigarette smoking or pets, if you live um, in a condo building or apartment building or you lease um, your residence, there could be additional restrictions against smoking. Well, we think from our perspective, motor vehicles, so how is that covered? Absolutely, absolutely. So like with alcohol, another legal product, but not legal to drive under the influence. And, and that is the, the same with cannabis. And especially with what we just spoke about um, with the delayed onset, uh, that is something we really want individuals to be cognizant about. Do not get behind the wheel, um, have a plan. And even several hours out, this might be something that that's impairing. And, and we talked about the delayed onset and, right. and four, five, six hours you may start to really feel it. And if you're combining it with alcohol um, or, or other substances, that could be even compounded. So, um, so even if you consume the night before that next morning, you can still feel it depending on how long it takes to metabolize in your system, how much you consumed, all of those factors. Right. Consider. Right. So we, so we encourage people really have a plan, um, have a designated driver or don't drive. And, and even if you are consuming it and you're out in a public space, make sure um, you know, you're not alone and you're with trusted friends or, or other people um, to help you make good decisions. That makes sense. So very similar to our um, just impaired driving message generally, right? Be the make a plan drivers when yes, we tell folks have absolutely. a plan ahead of time, especially if you're new and just kind of experimenting with what the effects are. We want to make sure everybody's safe. Yeah. And, um, you know, I've heard people say, well, it's not, it's not like alcohol. Alcohol people go fast and, and this slows you down. But clearly, you do not want a slowed reaction time sure. if you're getting behind the wheel. Um, your, your concentration is affected. Your ability to make quick decisions is affected, swerving in, in lanes. So it, it's definitely an impairing drug. And, and you don't want to be going too slow on the road and, and have that delayed reaction time. Yeah, in the highway safety world, we talk about speed differentials, the worst thing, right? So a car going too fast and a car going too slow, generally bad things tend to happen. And so, yeah, Absolutely. slowing down the um, ability to think and reason is just as dangerous as speeding up that yes. that reaction. Time. And and it, it's against the law to smoke the products in the cars on public highway, highways right. as well. Yeah, good reminder. Um, we know that one third of the crashes in Maryland um, involve an impaired driver, whether that is alcohol, whether that's drugs, prescription, um, or illegal drugs. And just remind folks, even if you have that medical card, even if there's a medical reason that you're consuming, still illegal to be impaired behind the wheel. 
right? Driving under the influence, right? No, ma no matter the reason, um, right? So even if you're a medical cardholder, kind of the same you see as prescription medications, you know, do not drive while taking um, this drug. There's still there's still potential ramifications. And that's a great reminder. Oftentimes people don't pay attention to that small writing on the bottles. Hopefully your doctor has a conversation with you, but many medications can really have an effect yeah. on you and then combined with something else, whether it is uh, cannabis or alcohol can mm -hmm. be really dangerous. Uh, I know law enforcement's done a lot of training to get ready for July 1 and potentially seeing more people on the roadways who have consumed you know, drug recognition experts um, and green labs where we try to train law enforcement and what to look for. But um, I know we'll we'll learn even more as we get past July 1st. Yes, and ho hopefully, hopefully this will roll out smoothly and people will take heed and stay off the roads. Yes, definitely our hope. Um, and so can we go over again just the penalties? So um, if somebody just does decide um, to consume, um, what are the potential consequences they could face? Um, as far as driving? Yes. So the, the same as, as driving under the, the influence of, um, of alcohol. There, as you mentioned, are drug recognition experts uh, who come out likened to sobriety checks mm -hmm. um, and, and look for impairment and see those signs of impairment. <coughs> um, so great to remind people, yeah. we want them to do it because it's a safe thing to do, yeah. but also there yeah. are those legal consequences. Yeah, sure. And so um, also important. Um, and so you talked a little bit about pets and children and just wanted to touch on that a little bit, just being very conscious of others who might be around you, depending on how you're consuming. Yeah, I'm so glad you brought that up. Safe storage is another big public health and safety point um, <clears throat> that we are encouraging um, consumers, especially parents or guardians who have children in the home, uh, lock mm -hmm. up the product. Dispensaries uh, often have lock boxes that they sell. If not, if you have a personal safe at home, uh, we encourage people to keep the product in the original packaging. I know sometimes parents are like, oh, well, I don't, you know, I don't want people to know yeah. that, that I have cannabis, so I'm taking it out of the package. But if a child sees something that looks like uh, milk dust, Especially or edibles, gummy, right? Yeah, that an edible. Could be confusing. Um, certainly, certainly concerns there. And the age of the child matters too. Mm -hmm. So you may have a five or six year old that thinks they're getting into a bag of candy and eating a whole bag of candy. So you want to make sure that's mm -hmm. locked up, stored safely away. Or you might have a teenager that's intentionally mm -hmm. that's trying right. to, to get into it. So um, so you keep it in, in the original child safe packaging, uh, lock it up, don't keep it in the refrigerator, don't keep it in, in your freezer, um, and keep it away from pets too. Mm -hmm. So you think about kids and, and the access, but we, we also hear a lot um, of, of pets accessing these products and getting high mm -hmm. um, off, off these edibles. So we also have a point of sale. Um, we're having magnets or stickers with the Maryland Poison Center hotline, mm. um, 911, mental health support, or if you feel you have substance use issues. Um, but that's, that's definitely key, as well as encouraging people not to smoke in the home, especially if there are kids in the home. 
Great message. And definitely safety is our number one priority for everybody involved, even though it's legal under the circumstances you described. We just want everybody to be safe. Absolutely. Anything else you think the general public might need to be aware of as we head into? I know there are a lot of misconceptions <laughs> out there. And so it is important to make sure that they have good information. That's why I really appreciate you being here. I, I'm, I'm thrilled to be here. Um, I, I think we, we hit on most of the things. Um, one thing I don't think we touched on with the the federal mm. issue is that you can't take the product across state lines. Oh, great. So point. even if you're going from one state where it's legal to mm -hmm. another state where it's legal, um, each state has its own regulatory system and it's against federal law to take the product across state lines. Well, in a lot of places in Maryland, you cross over um, pretty quickly into right. another jurisdiction. So that's a great point for yeah. everybody to be aware of. Yeah. Well, Dawn, thank you so much for joining us today. I think it's a lot of great information we were able to get out to the general public. I know, looking forward to July 1, but making sure we do everything in a safe way. Absolutely. Thanks so much, Chrissy. I, I really appreciate you talking to me today. Great. Well, thanks so much for joining us with Conversations with Chrissy. Looking forward to seeing you again soon.